on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brew October, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrest Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. The stretch, the pitch, swinging fly to left. This should do it. Yelich is there. It's over. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. 8-4, a series sweep, an NL Central Division Championship. The Brewers had already clinched their playoff berth, but they now are officially division champions, and they can just play out the regular season now knowing that they are going to be opening up the postseason in a divisional series. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings right here on 94.5 ESPN. My name is Matt Pauly coming your way live from American Family Field where uh, the ops folks and the grounds folks and everybody's working really hard to clean up a whole lot of confetti that's out there and a lot of players' kids are out there playing in the confetti, kind of undoing some of the work that's being done. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay on a day like this. If you want to join the program, you absolutely can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776. That's 800-990-ESPN. We're not on WTMJ, so a little bit of a different phone number. Again, if you've got that uh, the WTMJ number to call or text saved in your phone, it is a different number today. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Not even sure how long we're going to go tonight. We'll go until it uh, makes sense not to go any longer as we are here to take your phone calls, take your text messages, and uh, take your tweets. How are you feeling right now? A little bit of a different feeling right now than it was three days ago when the Brewers had been swept by the St. Louis Cardinals, and we were hearing from folks thinking that the Brewers might not win the division. Well, they take on the Mets, they win all three games, and yeah, they win the division, and they look to be playing some pretty good baseball once again. So obviously a whole lot of excitement at the moment. Uh, still, this, this, uh, this ballpark is just brimming with energy all over the place right now. Everybody is continuing to celebrate as the Brewers win the NL Central, and they do it by knocking off the Mets. And um, Just just saying it's kind of interesting. Today was a day that Ryan Braun was honored as he was honored for his incredible career with the Brewers. He wore the number eight. Well, how about this? The Brewers score eight runs on eight hits, leaving eight runners on base. Kind of cool, huh? That I don't know. That's 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 uh that's the, those are the things that happen in baseball sometimes and you don't know why, but eight runs, eight hits, eight left on the day that number 8 was honored and the Brewers win the NL Central. That's uh that's some really cool stuff. 
All right, again, if you want to join us, we are waiting for your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets. You can call, you can text 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers are NL Central champions after an 8-4 win over the Mets. We're back with more in a moment on 94.5 ESPN. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Now the pitch. Swing and a drive to left and deep. Get up! Get up! Get way out of here and gone for Willie Adamas. And the Brewers have the lead. An 8-4 victory for the Brewers today. They knock off the Mets. They are NL Central champions. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on 94.5 ESPN. Again, if you normally uh, get in contact with us when we're on WTMJ, a little bit of a different phone number today. You can call, you can text 800-990-3776. That's 800-990-ESPN. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Text message from the 262. Willie Adamas coming back has made the difference these past few games. Brings the energy and a good bat. Glad the Brewers are divisional champions. That comes from uh, Tim in Brookfield. Uh, Indeed. So uh, the idea when, when Adamas got hurt, I was somebody that said, let him sit on the injured list as long as he needs to sit on the injured list to give you the best possibility that he's going to be as close to 100% in the postseason as possible. And when he was hurt, he, he spoke a little bit about the injury that he was dealing with and said that in all likelihood, he probably was not going to be 100% again this year. But if he could get to 95% and stay there, that would be that would be the goal. And I don't know how he's feeling right now. Uh, that was a big home run that he hit uh, there in the there early on to to give the Brewers uh, the lead and um, he hit that one hard I mean that was one that the second that it comes off the bat there is absolutely no doubt that that one is going to get out of the ballpark and what he can do he has played at an MVP level uh, since being a Brewer and it's look it's I'm not saying he he should win the MVP award but if we're talking about a guy who is – if you view the most valuable player award as the guy who most impacts his team in a really profound, positive kind of way, you know, they don't call it a player of the year award. They call it the MVP. So depending on how you would define MVP – what player in baseball has had more of an impact on a winning club than him? You know, American League or National League. We can sit here and say that Shohei Otani has had an incredible impact on a club because of what he has done from both a hitting you know, standpoint and also from a pitching standpoint, but he's playing on a team that doesn't win a whole lot. We can look at the offensive numbers of a Fernando Tatis Jr., we can look at the numbers even of a, of a Bryce Harper. And quite honestly, if I had an MVP vote, I, I'd probably at this point look at Bryce Harper as the Phillies have really been able to get back in and the numbers he has put up this year have been absolutely incredible. But think who the Brewers were on May 21st and think who they turned into on May 22nd. That's the turning point. And we, we have spoken about it all year long. The 
the numbers pre-May 22nd don't really matter for this club. They just don't. That's not the when Willie Adamas walked through that door, everything changed. And I've said this a million times, but I'll say it again. One of the most interesting aspects of the addition of Willie Adamas is how he improved the team in so many different facets. He upgraded the team's lineup with what he can do from an offensive standpoint. He upgraded the team's defense at shortstop. He upgraded the team's defense at third base because you can put Luis Urias over there. Uh, he just those are the, he upgraded the team's energy and excitement and urgency and their their DNA and their character. Like think who they were. That's I can't tell you for the first month or so of the season before May twenty second. I can't tell you how many phone calls and text messages and tweets we took on this program with people lamenting the fact that the team had traded Orlando Arcia because they felt like Arcia was the guy who brought energy and it felt like the team was a team without that. Haven't This might be the first time I have uttered Orlando Arcia's name on this show outside of maybe when the Brewers and Braves have matched up since... Willie Adamas really came on. His his clubhouse and dugout impact, it's it's real. It's real. It ma- and in baseball that stuff matters. I don't know if it matters in other sports. But I know that it matters in baseball. Baseball's a weird sport because you play 162 games. You play every day seemingly and you're spending hour upon hour with everybody and it's it's long days. You need to have energy and sometimes it's not super easy to find it. You need to have somebody who can unite the clubhouse. And you, you want, not everybody has to be best friends with each other. That's not the case, but you got to respect each other. You got to appreciate each other. You got to find guys who fit the culture. And that's what they've done. And I think most of these guys are legitimately good friends and care about each other. And that's been one of the narratives that really has existed for, for the last month plus. Yeah, I can remember specifically, I think there was a game, it was Brandon Woodruff who was talking. I don't remember the exact details of it, but I think it was a game that the Brewers won, but he didn't get the win, and he pitched well. And he was asked about not getting wins. Maybe it was even after a game that he lost. Like, it really doesn't matter. All I know is it was a day he pitched and he didn't get a win. Um, And he talked about, you know, individual stuff doesn't matter anymore. You could worry about individual stuff a little bit, for the first few months of the season. But when you get to this point, it's all about the team. It's all about lifting each other up. It's all about picking somebody up when when somebody else needs to be picked up. And that's what this team has done a lot of all season long. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. That's how you get in contact with the program. You can call, you can text, you can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Got a uh, tweet that uh, that came in from uh, Brew Crew Scott, says, who do you pitch in the Dodgers series? And then also... Um, at uh, Top Tier Engineer, tweeting in kind of the same sort of question, how do you expect Craig Council to manage starting pitchers the rest of the regular season? I think for the most part, they've already kind of set things up the way they want to have things set up for the postseason. You know, if they were going to start the postseason, say, on like Wednesday, uh, I think you could 
rest a bunch of guys that are maybe scheduled to pitch in the Dodger series and still feel good about it, maybe get some of those guys a side session at some point and be okay with it. The fact that they're not going to start the postseason until that Friday after the Sunday season finale against the Dodgers, to me it feels like you probably need your starting pitchers to appear at some point. Now, I don't know how many pitches they're going to throw. At this point, now that everything's clinched, it doesn't seem like there's much of a reason, even in this Cardinal series coming up, it doesn't really feel like there is much of a reason to ever stress a starting pitcher the rest of the way. If they throw 70, 80 pitches uh, in their outings, uh, that's, uh, that's probably good enough. This is where you kind of lament the fact that you don't have the full 40-man rosters in September. We got a text message the other day on the show saying, you know, do I expect a bunch of guys from AAA to get called up to make starts? You can't do it. You just can't do it because you don't have the full expanded 40-man roster. you got 28 guys, and, and that's who you have. So in a perfect world, you'd have that full 40-man roster, and maybe you would be able to give some, uh, some minor leagues, some AAA guys, a, a start or two here over the next week or so, but you don't have that option. So I would think for the most part it's going to be shorter starts. You also, you know, a lot of guys in the bullpen are going to get used. There's actually a scenario where – the Cardinals could clinch the second wild card tonight, even though their magic number going in today was, uh, was I believe, three. The magic number is like a mathematical formula, and it does not take into account future schedules. And because the Braves and the Phillies are going to be matched up against each other here down the stretch of the season, one of those teams has to lose each of those games. So there was a mathematical possibility where at the end of today, depending on things that happen, the Cardinals could have their uh, second wild card clinched. And if that happened, that series against St. Louis will be absolutely meaningless pretty much uh, at that point in time. And really for the Brewers, it's just about game through. And it's going to be a weird series against the Dodgers because the Dodgers are still going to probably be contending for the National League West at that point. Those games are going to really mean something to the Dodgers. And that series is all going to be about just getting ready ready for the postseason for the Brewers. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We continue to hear from you the excitement of a uh, Brewers Division Championship. They are NL Central champions, and uh, we're talking about it more in just a moment. It's Brewers Extra Innings on 94.5 ESPN. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. But you, you stayed here and you prevailed and you became one of the best in the game. Swing and a miss. And the inning is over. Victory for the Brewers. They knock off the Mets. They sweep the Mets. And, uh, yeah, they are NL Central champions. Uh, A celebration and finally a chance to celebrate a game like this, a win like this, a championship like this in front of the home fans. A huge crowd today. Huge crowd. What was the final attendance number? Final attendance number was 43,430 folks. They were here for the Ryan Braun ceremony that started a little bit after 1 o'clock. They stayed through the game. Many stayed uh, throughout the course of the uh, post-game celebration as well. The way that worked uh, was uh, the Brewers had the dog pile at home plate. They then went into the clubhouse. They celebrated a little while in the clubhouse. They then came back out onto the field. 
field, and uh, they took a team photo on the field, did some more interviews out there, and now right now there are some players who are on the field. There's a lot of players and their families taking uh, pictures. Uh, there are still a number of players that are celebrating in the clubhouse as well. So the celebration, it certainly continues. Would love to hear from you. How are you feeling right now? How excited are you? What does this mean to you? What is this? That's, I guess that's the question. And please call, text, tweet. 800-990-3776. 800-990-ESPN. The Brewers have become, under David Stearns, Matt Arnold, and Craig Council, a perennial playoff team. This feels different and bigger to me. Maybe I am a prisoner of the moment. But this... Even in 20, uh, 2018, when they got to Game 7 of the NLCS, that was a year where, in many ways, especially from a pitching standpoint, they were just finding ways to get it done. They didn't have a Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. Yes, I realize Woodruff was on the team, but what I mean is the level that those guys are pitching at right now. That didn't exist on the 2018 team, and we were using terms like initial out-getter. And, you know, there was the deal where uh, they had the starter throw the, the one the one out and then bring – like, they were doing all this wacky stuff to make it through. And it worked, and you gave a ton of credit to Craig Council. But they don't need to do anything wacky now. They've got three of the best pitchers in baseball. And, oh, yeah, by the way, another guy – in, in Eric Lauer, who also would have a top 10 ERA if, um, if if he had enough innings. And guys like Adrian Hauser, who have had a really nice season. It almost feels like Hauser's getting lost in, in the Eric Lauer hype, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's so many good things about this team. So this feels bigger. This feels, in the moment, in 2018, I felt like the Brewers had a chance to win the World Series. But as I reflect back on 2018 and now talk more about the, this 2021 version, this feels a lot different. This feels a lot better. This feels like a team that's got a much more legitimate chance to be World Series champion. So how are you feeling? That's my question for you. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. And uh, would love to hear from you on how you're feeling about this team now that they have done what they needed to do, and that is win the NL Central. Uh, Mike in Colorado. Matt, 8-8, eight, eight, great if you are, I have a, a two and a half year old daughter, so I am uh, always hearing the eight 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 is great song. That's a Sesame Street song, but yes, eight is great. Uh, and if you did not hear earlier, so today was the day that Ryan Braun was honored. The Brewers finished with eight runs on eight hits with eight left on base. Just uh, something kind of cosmic about that. Almost it feels like. Uh, but uh, Mike continues. Bob Euchre made a point to acknowledge the guys who were on the team during the season and shuttled back and forth or left via trade or optioned. So uh, congratulations and thank you to all the Brewers here, there, and everywhere who contributed to a fantastic season. And Micah adds that the Brewers have made it this far. Now let's keep it going. Yeah, you know, you think about in, in a season, and, and the Brewers have used so many players. So They, they set a record a long time ago for most players used in a major league game this year. 
and you can think about the contributions of players who are not around anymore. You know, when they were dealing with tons of injuries, early on in the season, the Brewers had more players on the injured list than any other team in baseball. And you got a hot stretch from Billy McKinney. And remember that? Remember the catch he made? Well, it was it was San Diego, right? The catch he made in San Diego. I, I think I have that right. I mean, that still might be the uh, the best catch of the year. And uh, there's there's a couple Lorenzo Cain ones that are up there as well. And Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, the Brewers' outfield defense has been stupid good this year. But think about think about the impact over like a two week period that Billy McKinney made on this team. He's played on two teams since leaving the Brewers, you know? Um, Travis Shaw had a huge impact on this team. Travis Shaw was among the league leaders in RBIs for more than a month of the season. He's not here anymore. He's trying to help another team get to the postseason with Boston. He's done some nice things there since leaving. There are absolutely players who are not around anymore who absolutely, absolutely uh, contributed to this team over the course of the season. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. Let's go to Trace and Nina. Hey, Trace, you are on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Hey, I just quick wanted to say um, I was at the game today in the ninth inning when Hader came in. I mean, the place was just unreal. It, it, you could just feel it was playoff baseball. Um, what David Stearns has done over this year has been phenomenal, and just really ever since he's been here, you know, he's made Brewer baseball relevant, and you know, we're a, we're a team that the league has to look out for. Um, I just want your thoughts on going into the Dodgers series. Uh, you brought up before that the Dodgers are going to be in a going to be in the race for the NL West yet. Um, you know how. Imp- how do you think Council's going to go about that? Because, I mean, realistically, we should want the Dodgers and the Cardinals to have to play in the wild card because I think we're better than the Giants, um, and hopefully the Braves hold on because I think just we don't match up very well with the Phillies. So I just want to get your thoughts on you know, how we're going to go about that Dodgers series because I think it would be great to see them in the wild card game. Yeah, Trace, great question, and, and I agree with you. I, I've said this before, 100% agree with you. I couldn't agree anymore that I think the Brewers' best path, best path to the World Series is through the Braves and the Giants. I don't like their matchup against the Dodgers. I don't like their matchup against the Phillies, and I don't like the matchup against the Cardinals. Not that they can't win those series, but I am more comfortable with them against the Braves and uh, and, and the Giants. So, Trace, you're 100% correct on that. It's an interesting thought you bring up because you've got you to scale out. Like, on one hand, you want to make sure that you are most possibly set up for the postseason. Uh, during that Dodgers series, that's 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 one thing. But then on the other side, uh, you still respect baseball. You still respect a team like the Giants, who are going to be uh, trying to win the NL West. And I don't know if it creeps into the back of their mind or not that you know what they'd rather see the Dodgers match up against the Cardinals in that wild card round because then at least you eliminate one of those two teams that you would rather not see between the Dodgers and the Cardinals, where if the Giants are in that and say the Giants lose to the Cardinals, then all of a sudden the, the matchups are not, uh, not set up the way you would like them. I don't, I don't know if that plays into it. I think I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think the most important thing is going to be that they set themselves up for the postseason. And Unfortunately, sometimes I've used this term a lot. I use this all the time during the Cardinal series because during that Cardinal series, to be perfectly blunt, 
the games were not equally yoked. That is a word that I use. The games were not equally yoked during the Cardinal series. The Cardinals had so much more to play for than the Brewers did. And the Cardinals rolled through. And the Cardinals are in a historic run now. They won, they've won 16 in a row after beating the Cubs today. That's why people were freaking out about how the Brewers are playing against the Cardinals in the five-game losing streak. And I, you, you can go back and listen to the archives on our podcast feed. I was never once worried about this team. It was just it, it was a hornet's nest that they were walking into when they were facing off against a Cardinals team that was playing for so much. I think we're going to get. I don't think that this series against the Cardinals coming up, especially uh, once they clinch that second wild card, it's going to look very different than what this series looked like this past week. Uh, but again, I, I'm 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 getting onto a uh, onto a frontage road here instead of staying on the highway. Uh, I, the most important thing here when the Brewers go into that Dodgers series is to set themselves up for the postseason. And if the Dodgers are playing you know, just 100% because they're trying to win the West and the Brewers are, don't have that same level of intensity and it just doesn't go well for the Brewers that series, well, then I think you just kind of accept that and go because it's more important to have you – in position to be your best self than it is than to try to manipulate other playoff matchups that may uh, most benefit you. That's a really long answer to your question, Trace. I hope that uh, I hope that certainly works for you. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. Doug texting in. Now the important number is 11. That wins the World Series. It was a great summer. Now let's make it a better fall. 11 wins starting a week from uh, after a week from today. They'll go play three against the Cardinals starting on Tuesday, three against the Dodgers starting on Friday, and then the postseason will begin the Friday after that. In all likelihood, they will match up against the Braves in the first round, but that is not yet fully determined. Call us, text us, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers win over the Mets. Final score today, 8-4, and with the win, they are NL Central champions. Back with more in a moment on 94.5 ESPN. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Willie, a bouncer to third, and they're going to play at first base. Donaldson VR, and he threw it away. Colton Wong's going to go to third. Eric Flowers scores on what have, it would have been dead duck at home plate. 8-4. Brewers beat the Mets. They sweep the Mets. They take the NL Central with a week to go in the regular season, and now they'll play out the rest of the year, and uh, they will uh, make their way to the postseason beginning, what, a week from first? <laughs> I don't like the fact that Major League Baseball takes so long to get the postseason started, especially the wild card games are single wild card games. Uh, they're not. There's been talk about maybe moving that to a three-game series. If you're going to play a wild-card three-game series and you got to wait that long to get the postseason, that's fine. But they're they're not doing that, you know. And maybe there's going to be a, a game 163 situation. But you don't have to. And I like I say this, understanding that TV rules the world, and you want to have TV schedules all set up and ready to go. And I get that. That makes sense. It's the most important thing. But it would be for me. I would just rather see 
those wild card games get played, you know, maybe back to back on on Tuesday, maybe even Monday. You know, you why not? Why not play the wild card game on Monday, the day after the season? Like, just keep the momentum going after the regular season comes to an end and, and get things going, so you don't have to make teams wait uh, all these days. And if there happens to be a game one sixty three, then on the fly you move stuff back to Tuesday. That that can work. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can hold those games uh, on the same day and uh, and and go from there. So that's. That's how I would do it, but my 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 vote doesn't count. That's all right. We'll get a little bit of time uh, between the Brewers uh, wrapping up the regular season coming up next Sunday when they will uh, open up the uh, the postseason in all likelihood here against the Braves. That's how. Uh, that's the most likely scenario. It's not the one hundred percent scenario at this point in time. Braves and Phillies are still battling it out uh, for the National League East, and we will certainly be watching that uh, postseason race the rest of the way. That's the one that is going to most impact the Brewers uh, between now and the end of the regular season. As we sit right now at 6.35 p.m. on Sunday, September 26th, the Braves have a two-game lead on the Phillies in the NL East, so the Phillies will be looking to try to make up a couple games before, uh, before all is said and done. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. If you do want to join the program or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Text message from the 608. This Brewers team has 2015 Wisconsin Badgers vibes, ups and downs, all about the team. Someone will step up. I think in a in a 162-game baseball season, Every team experiences ups and downs. It's limiting the downs where they don't last too long. Like, let's think about this, for example. Uh, the Brewers just had a five-game losing streak, and they lost four straight against a division rival in the Cardinals. There was, man, there was a lot of people who were really upset. A lot of people who are, that was maybe one of the lowest feelings for a large percentage of the Brewers fan base. Not everybody. I think a lot of people kind of agreed with me where it was, you know what, this is a, this is, you just happened to catch the Cardinals at a really bad time. You're not playing for a whole lot. Everything's going to be okay. That was always my attitude. And I think there was a fair amount of, uh, of, of folks who shared in that feeling. But there were a lot of people, we heard from them on this very show on phone calls and text messages and tweets about you know the the worry that the brewers were going to fall to the second wild card i people were saying that people were saying that and absolutely believing it despite where the brewers magic number sat uh, despite the the mathematical unlikelihood of that happening there were there were a lot of people who were doing gloom and doom and looking at the worst case scenario and that was after a five game losing streak I'm not saying losing five games is okay, but it's a five-game losing streak. Like that, that happens. That's it's not the end of the world. And the point that I'm trying to make is that this is a Brewers team that always, always, always found ways to a deal with the adversity that might come their way, and b they limited the bad times. They, they just did. When things weren't going great for them, that, those periods, and those periods happen in a 162-game season. I feel like I keep repeating myself. But in a 162-game season, you have bad moments. 
The season lasts darn near six months. Not everything's going to be cheery for the entire season. But the good teams are able to limit those bad periods and rebound fairly quickly. And that's what this team did this weekend. They were in a bad spot. They weren't scoring runs. They weren't hitting. Uh, and it was beyond those five games, to be fair. You know, that series before, they, they took care of business for the most part against the Cubs. But then the series before that, they got swept uh, by Detroit. That was coming off the Cleveland series. So I think you could really trace this most recent slump all the way back to probably the Detroit series. And, and they, they just happened to win a series against the Cubs where the Cubs are really, really, really not a very good baseball team here at the moment. But they turn it around, and they, they do what they're supposed to do. And in many ways, look, I, I get it. Brewers fans would have much, much, much preferred got this clinching out of the way. It was last Sunday. It was last Sunday that we were at one point looking at as being a possibility for when the Brewers might clinch the division. And it takes a week longer. That got extended by pretty much a full week from where at one point in time we were looking at a, a, a possible clincher on Sunday if everything was going to go to the way that, uh, that it possibly could go against the Brewers. And, yeah, they, um, they, end up, uh, they end up winning it today. But it was so perfect today. It was per- like 40, what did I say the number was? 43,000. Let's check this just to get it right. 43,430 folks here at American Family Field. They were jammed in like sardines today at American Family Field. And they, had, uh, they were here from the beginning for the Ryan Braun ceremony to have Braun here, to have it be the weekend that it was. I mean, this was this was an all-time Brewers weekend when you consider the Wall of Honor stuff that went on on Friday, and then that was followed by Bob Euchre Day yesterday, followed by the Braun announcement today. I mean, this was an all-time weekend for the Brewers. And then you got all these people in here today, and it's the biggest crowd of the year, and they get to experience this celebration. So... In some ways, would have it been better if the Brewers would have clinched earlier because there wouldn't have been everything that was going along here over the course of last week? Okay, sure. But I think as we look back, I mean, this day was just perfect. And I'll say it one more time because I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. They're honoring Ryan Braun, and they have eight runs on eight hits with eight left on. Like that, For, for the rest of time, that's going to be the thing that I remember about this day. When we're... Yeah, we always talk about things that have happened in club history and team history and the small moments and everything. You know, like when, uh, when we talk about 2018, people bring up uh, the, the series against the Colorado Rockies and the Moustakis hit. And the thing that I always bring up, the thing that I remember about that Moustakis hit was the moment earlier, there's that foul tip that almost goes into the catcher's glove and he just barely loses it. Bare, and that would have been strike three. By inches, the ball came out. And then the next pitch, you've got the big hit. It's the small things. So when we're talking in the future, in future years, when we're talking about 2021, and we're talking about the Brewers clinching the division on the day that Ryan Braun was honored, I'm going to remember the eight runs and the eight hits and the eight left on base. That's, that adds some substance to it. You know, they can, they can do that whole, not that they were trying to do it on purpose, but that 888 thing can happen on any day, and it's a cool little footnote. It happens today. It happens on the day that you win the division, 
and it's something that is historically significant in the way that that uh, that ends up playing out. It's really fun. I love it. I li- I, I I like stuff like that. I absolutely do. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. You can uh, still tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's how you uh, get in contact with us today. Again, uh, if you generally listen to us on WTMJ, have the phone number uh, dialed into your phone that way. It is a different phone number because uh, we are on 94.5 ESPN, 800-990-3776 is how you call and text. You can also tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, we do expect Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin to uh, stop by. We'll get his thoughts. Uh, they have wrapped up the uh, television coverage of this NL Central uh, Championship, so he'll join us for uh, just a moment or so coming up as well, and uh, we'll get uh, his thoughts on uh, the way things went down today. What was It was a perfect day. I don't get to use that word very often. It was a perfect day today here at American Family Field with everything that happened, an absolutely perfect day, and it finishes off with the Brewers winning the NL Central. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We continue on in just a moment on 94.5 ESPN. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Hater all set to go again. Here it is. Hey, struck him out swinging. And there are two down now. Brewers get the win. 8-4 over the Mets. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings, a special edition of the program an NL Central clinching edition of the program here on 94.5 ESPN. Uh, Packers are getting uh, underway. That game can be heard on our sister station, 620 WTMJ. What a what a day of sports in the state of Wisconsin. The United States just absolutely rolls at the Ryder Cup, finishing that thing off earlier today up at uh, Whistling Straits. Then the Brewers win the NL Central, and now we'll see what the Packers can do tonight as they match up against the San Francisco 49ers on the road. I'll tell you what, the celebration's absolutely continuing here at American Family Field. Uh, players coming in and out of the clubhouse, coming out onto the field, uh, different staffers with the team onto the field as well the grounds crew folks are doing everything that they can to get all the uh the glitter not not glitter but the confetti that's the word i'm looking for the confetti uh off of the uh off of the field and uh they have they've gotten much of it to uh the right field area but it is it is all over the place it's on the track all the way around it is in the stands I'll tell you what, it was really cool when the confetti was coming. I don't know if I've ever been at a place with confetti coming down. Uh, I was not at any of the, the Bucks champ. Like I just, you know, celebrate. I Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to remember. I guess, you know what, I've, I've been to two Super Bowls, and I feel like they drop confetti at the end of Super Bowls, but those buildings are just so big and the confetti maybe comes out onto the field. I don't know. It the like the visual impact, the view, the visual effect of standing in the press box while all the confetti was coming down. Um, 
I don't remember. It, it felt like you were in the middle of a snowstorm almost the way it was coming down. It was really cool. I have never, uh, I have never seen that before. Never experienced that before. And yeah, that was uh, that was cool. That was really, really just a very cool visual to be here. And uh, the fans, the fans were amazing. It was so loud. Adam McAlvey from Brewers.com and MLB.com uh, tweeted something along the lines of this out earlier today so it's not an original thought but when he tweeted it all I could think about was how correct he was go back to a year ago go back to a year ago Brewers went to the postseason last year they went to the postseason because of an expanded playoff they went to the postseason because uh, they went to the postseason even with a what's a below 500 record but they went to the post it was still the postseason they still had the accomplishment of being a postseason club, and that was something. But they played those games in empty ballparks, and I, I always, um, I'm always careful about saying what I'm about to say, because I was one of the lucky ones who got to be at games last year. There were a handful of media members who actually got to attend Brewers games last year and sit in the press box, and I know. If you're listening to this right now, and you are, I know there are so many people out there that would have done anything that they could have done just to be able to step foot into the stadium last year and watch a baseball game live. I get it. So it's not lost on me that I was one of the few people really in the, in the country that got to watch Major League Baseball live. So again, I understand the importance of that. But it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. That's what I had never realized. I had never realized how much fans create the environment of, of excitement and fun and entertainment and everything. I, I never realized. I knew they were part of it. You, know, you feel things sometimes when fans are going absolutely crazy. But I had never totally, totally, totally realized the impact of fans until last year when we are sitting through these games and these games don't have any fans and it just it, the fun was missing there was the, the fun was missing and it's fun again man it was fun today it when when it's going to the the ninth inning and Josh Hader's coming out and 43,000 people are up on their feet and when the game ends and the confetti comes down. I mean, this was this was as different as of last year. You talk about a 180 degree turn. The only thing that was similar from last year to this year is the fact that the Brewers were a playoff club last year, and the Brewers are a playoff club this year. Outside of that, it feels as different as anything can feel, and this feels so much better. I. I don't want to. I never want to sit in a room alone, just watching a baseball game for all of the games again. That that was not fun. And today, it wasn't sitting in a room alone. It was sitting in a press box full of people, and then it was sitting in a stadium with more than forty-three thousand people going crazy over the Brewers winning the NL Central. All right, when we come back. We will either have the highlights or we will have Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin. It will be one of those two things. 
you can find out at the end of this break. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on 94.5 ESPN. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Here we go. The stretch. The pitch. Swinging fly to left. This should do it. Yelich is there. It's over. They have won it. Josh Hader comes on in the ninth to set the Mets down. One, two, three. And the Brewers are going to the postseason again. They're the Central Division champions. Bob Euchre's call of the NL Central Championship for the Brewers. Brewers beat the Mets 8-4. Have had some questions about whether or not he's traveling. I think he is. I don't know. It's It's my understanding that he is for the postseason. I don't think he's going on this road trip in this upcoming week. No. Postseason-wise, it's my understanding that uh, he will be there on the Brewers radio network. So that's great. That is what I've heard as well. By the way, that's the voice of Craig Kishon from uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin. Hi, Craig. What is up? Anything going on? No, we're just uh, a yeah. boring another, day here at the ballpark. Sunday night. Yeah, just trudging along through oh this postgame show. I was really kind of hoping to have the night off and, you know, kick back and not worry about baseball or a Packer game or anything like that. So how about eight? This is fun. This is really fun. God, uh, this is fun. How about eight runs on eight hits with eight left on on the day that number eight Ooh. is honored? And how about it happening, and I got this from Mike in Colorado, how about it happening on the 26th, which 2 plus 6 is 8. Dude, why do you even need me up here? Because I like seeing you. We don't know how much we'll see each other after uh, after today. That's fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the celebration of the retirement of Ryan Braun and, and, and to me – um, that kickstarting today was was really really special. Uh, certainly, we all we all knew this was going to come at one point here. Uh, but I think the thing that I appreciate most out of uh, Ryan Braun's career is he did spend his entire 14 year career in a Brewer uniform. It, it's great that you know somebody that was that good didn't have to leave the team for a year or two and then come back and retire as a mm-hmm. Brewer or whatever. Uh, I mean, he fits into that you know Yount. Uh, Jimmy Gantner um, type of scenario where they played their entire careers here. Molly left, yeah, and uh, and then came back, obviously, but but not not the guys that we're talking about here right now. And then to cap it off, the last Sunday, um, this is how this team clinches at home. You don't get these home clinching moments in front of a sellout crowd like this very often. And it, it, it seems to happen a lot in this franchise on, on the final uh, home game of the year. And um, this was something to remember, that's for sure. I was watching the uh, the live box score of Cardinals-Cubs as this was going on. I'll be honest, I, I wanted the Cardinals to win today. I either wanted that game to end after the Brewers game or I wanted the Cardinals to win because I wanted the moment that the Brewers clinched the NL Central to be because of them. And even if the final out between the Cardinals and Cubs happened a split second before the final out here, I didn't want that. So I was was fine with the Cardinals winning today because that set it up for the Brewers to get the win and get the championship. Yeah, I I agree 100%. And there is nothing more satisfying than earning the game where you clinch 
where you've won a title, uh, and I'm talking about the division, not the World Series, obviously, yet here, but there's nothing better than winning your way in. I called the game last year in the pandemic year, the 60-game season, the final game of the year, did it with Rock, and the Brewers lost, Mm -hmm. and I can't remember who else lost, but it was one of those scenarios, somebody loses and you lose, you're still in. Yeah. And nobody wants to backdoor their way in. There was there was nothing for us to celebrate other than to be a little emphatic and say the team went uh, is going to another postseason. Um, but it did. There's nothing as satisfying as what we witnessed here today and what we know this team accomplished here today. Before you got in here, I, I referenced last year to this year, and last year just wasn't fun. I'm glad they played. It was right to play. It was good they played. Agreed. Fans wanted yeah. them to play, but the fun was missing last year. And you talk about that day where they clinched. I remember I'm working from a home studio, so I'm sitting there you know, on my couch watching watching the game, and then I go into the home studio to do the, uh, to do the post-game show or right in the middle uh, of the pandemic. And it wasn't until after the game ended that the Brewers kind of backed their way into the postseason. And all year long when, when the Brewers were at home, it's sitting here, all alone in an empty room with a mask on, empty stadium, just you know, not really knowing what's safe, what's not safe, what what should be going on, and then a year later to see them clinch in front of forty three thousand fans, just going bat, you know what, crazy. Yeah. Like it was it just it's it felt so much better today. Well, yeah, and you know what, and you know why we were in the situation last year, and you know why we're in the situation this year because this club has become a consistent winner. And and they've been able to, you know, weather the storms that they had to go through last year. Um, and and now they're, they put themselves in position during the offseason to do what we, we saw today. This was, you know, the, the great thing about what we're celebrating today with this team is this is not a, oh, they came out of nowhere uh, like the Cardinals have, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking anything away from a 16-game winning streak. That is beyond impressive. But it did not take a 16-game winning streak for this team to get where they are here today. They didn't uh, burst onto the scene and have one good month out of six. They had six really good months. Five for sure. Right. Five for sure. And and you know this in baseball, Matt. You've been around long enough. For championship-style baseball, you need to have four really good months and you overcome the two that aren't for your six-month season. To me, this team had five really good months of baseball, and that's why I think they can they can do some special things in the postseason. Very few teams as consistent as this team since May 27th. Yeah, yeah. That's and the that's, day Willie Adamas showed up. And that's a month and a half into the season we're yep. talking about since then. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, with this pitching staff and, you know, if, if this offense can, you know, piece things together kind of like what we saw today – you know what? People could say, "Yeah, but look at the three errors and all that." You don't, you don't get an error unless you put the ball in play. Put the ball in play. Mm-hmm. Make them get you out. Mets couldn't do it here today, and it helps seal the deal in a close game. Yeah, uh, Mets are a talented team that have faltered down the stretch yeah. and have major culture issues. The Brewers are a talented team, and I, 
I don't call the five-game losing streak faltering down the stretch. No, they they weren't playing for anything at that point. They are a team that has been very consistent throughout, and I think this is this is a great example of the difference between the two organizations. We saw it play out. The Brewers had to come win three games to make sure to clinch the division before leaving town, and they did their job. Well, when I saw uh, the debacle of play in the middle of this game on the New York Mets side and, and just looked at uh, some of the replays we had on the TV side, to see the reaction from the pitchers who were on the mound, the position players who were making those errors. Uh, we've gone through this with this Brewer organization. It's part of the growing pains, um, and and it's good to be on this side now and to know that you've earned your stripes beyond that and you know how to win. You're, you are a winner. This is We've not talked about the Mets at all on this show, and I'll just mention this. Uh, when Javi Baez rolls into second and starts, you know, edging on the crowd when they're booing him like you're on a bad team that's losing games like what, what are you doing like that he, he didn't help that team when he went in no. uh, his numbers are okay and he didn't have great numbers at the beginning his numbers have kind of bounced around but that is that's a great example of the type of guy that the brewers don't have exactly I, and and they don't want and they're not going to go out and get they're not going to take a chance or risk anything uh, the guys that they want are the the Adamases and the and the Escobars, those type of guys that they acquired, you know, to be difference makers in May and in July, um, and and to retain certain players that they that they want to keep on this team. So um, they're they're light years ahead of of most clubs. And and it's showing record wise. It's showing success wise. And I I really can't wait. To me, I. I'm almost sad that we have to play another regular season yeah. uh, week on the road here. I, I'm ready for the playoffs. Today here, being in this ballpark with 43,000-plus people reminded me of what we are going to be a part of when October 8th rolls around on that first playoff game. Absolutely, 100%. That's Craig Sean. I'm Matt Pauley. Let's relive this game with the highlights. We'll do that next here on W. Or no, we're on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 8-4, the Brewers win, and they take the NL Central. Let's relive this afternoon. Starting pitching matchup, Freddie Peralta going for the crew. Carlos Carrasco gets the start for the Mets. The Mets would actually uh, get the lead in the first inning with one out. Francisco Lindor at the plate. New sign and Freddie all set to go. Here it is. A swing and a drive to right and New York is going to have the lead on a home run by Francisco Lindor. And no cheapie on that baby. Yeah, but not for long. one nothing the score at that point. The Brewers would get that and more back in the bottom of the first. The inning gets rolling with a walk to Colton Wong, and that brings up Willie Adams. Now the pitch. Swinging a drive to left and deep. Get up! Get up! Get way out of here and gone for Willie Adams. And the Brewers have the lead. 2-1 is the score, and uh, then Freddie Peralta would put up a uh, zero uh, happening later after the Brewers would take the lead. Jonathan VR would fly out, Jeff McNeil would fly out, and that would bring up uh, Thomas Needow. Here comes Freddie. This one hit in the air to center. Deep warning track, leaping at the wall, and he's got it. Why not? Why wouldn't he catch it? 
Yep, absolutely. Great play there by Lorenzo Kane. It remains a 2-1 to game. The Brewers add to their lead in the bottom of the second. Lorenzo Kane leads the inning off with a uh, base hit after uh, Freddie Peralta can't get the bunt down. Colton Wong walks. That puts runners on at first and second. Then Willie Adamas walks. So the bases are loaded for Christian Yelich, who has an RBI ground out to score Lorenzo Kane. It pushes Wong to third, Adamas to second, and it brings up Eduardo Escobar. Now the pitch, swinging a liner, base hit to right. Two more runs are going to score on a rocket to right field. Now Escobar is digging for second on an overthrow, and he's in there. So the Brewers lead by a 5-1 score. Freddie Peralta would get into just a little bit of trouble in the fourth inning. Michael Conforto leads that inning off with a base hit, then Pete Alonzo doubles, so runners on at second and third for Javi Baez. 1-2 pitch, breaking ball, and this was hammered into left field. That's going to get down for a base hit. One hops the glove of Yelich. Conforto will score. Alonzo's around third. He's going to score. And sliding into second with a two-run double is Javi Baez. It's a 5-3 ball game. Yeah, so that means the tying run's going to be coming up to the plate in Jonathan VR. He flies out. Jeff McNeil then flies out and brings up, once again, Nito. Has just two strikeouts, though, tonight. 192 on the season. Freddie's been a strikeout artist this year, but the Mets are putting the ball in play a little bit this afternoon. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball at 95. In the fifth inning, Peralta had one of his best innings as he uh, retires the first two batters that he faces, and then it's Francisco Lindor at the plate. But you, you stayed here, and you prevailed, and you became one of the best in the game, swinging a miss, and the inning is over. So it remains a 5-3 game. The Mets would get one run closer in the sixth inning. Uh, the inning gets started with Michael Conforto at the plate. Celine and Grayson oh, yeah. doing the mini sausage race. This is going to be the big, biggest part of the day coming up for me right here. Swing on a fly to center, deep, playable. Lorenzo Kane is there. Yeah, so that was the uh, final out that ends up being recorded by Freddie Peralta because then Pete Alonzo walks and Javier Baez gets a base hit, uh, and that ends the day for Peralta. Brent Suter comes on, the first battery faces, his former teammate in Jonathan VR. He strikes him out. Uh, then that brings up a pinch hitter in Kevin Pillar. Suter leans in, new sign. Breaking ball here. Omar Narvaez sitting up, swinging a drive into the gap in left center. He's going to drop for a base hit. One run is in, and they will hold Baez at third. So two runners still on. There's a couple outs, and it is once again at the plate, Nito. Swinging and a fly to right should do it. Back is Peterson, or is that Taylor? It's Tyrone Taylor to make the grab, and the inning is over. So 5-4 as the game goes to the bottom of the sixth inning, and that's when the Brewers are able to answer that run and more. Uh, with one out, Daniel Vogelback walks. Eric Lauer replaces him as a pinch runner at first base, and then Colton Wong does this. Now the 2-1. Colton Wong sends it into right center and deep. Way back. Get off that wall. It is. In the second base, he goes with a double, holding up Eric Lauer. Hurry up back there. Peter Alonso cut off that throw and fired to VR at third, and they almost got him. Yeah, runners at second and third now, and it brings up Willie Adams. 
William bouncer to third, and they're going to play at first base. Jonathan Viarney threw it away. Colton Wong's going to go to third. Eric Lauer scores on what have it would have been dead duck at home plate. Yeah, it was an interesting decision by VR to go to first. He thought uh, it looked like he wanted to go home, change his mind. When he changed his mind, got tentative, bad throw, and the inning continues. Uh, Aaron Loop would then uh, come in to the game. He would uh, face off against Christian Yelich, would get him to fly out, and then face off against Eduardo Escobar. The pitch. Swing and a bullet hit to short. Lindor, long throw in the dirt end. Couple errors in the inning by the Mets. Three runs, one hit, two errors in the inning, and the Brewers have an 8-4 lead. The bullpen uh, then uh, really takes over for the crew. Not to take anything away from the job that Brent Suter did, but as far as starting innings, uh, Aaron Ashby comes in. He puts up a zero, allows a couple base runners, nothing more. Devin Williams, good to see him back pitching. He'd been a little bit banged up recently, pitching for the first time in a while. He has a nice eighth inning, so we move along to the ninth. Not a save situation, but closer Josh Hader does come into the game. First battery faces off against is at Thomas Nito. Hader coming back. Here it is. Hey! Struck him out swinging. That's the first out. Next hitter, James McCann. Hader all set to go again. Here it is. Hey! Struck him out swinging. Two outs, 43,000-plus on their feet at American Family Field. The Brewers one out away from an NL Central Championship, and the only person standing in the way is Brandon Nemo. The stretch, the pitch, swinging fly to left. This should do it. Yelich is there. It's over. They have won it. Josh Hader comes off. the final score. The Brewers get the win over the Mets. They sweep the series. They win the NL Central. They go to 94 and 62. Mets drop to 73 and 82. Winning totals for Milwaukee. Eight runs, eight hits, no errors with eight left on the day they honor number eight Ryan Braun. For the Mets, four runs, seven hits, three errors. They leave six. Winning pitcher Freddie Peralta, he goes to 10 and 5. Carrasco, the loss, he is one in four home runs. Adamas hits his 24th. Lindor hitting his 18th. The game lasting three hours and 24 minutes, played in front of a fantastic crowd of 43,430 folks here at American Family Field. So now the Brewers will play out the final week of the season on the road and will do so with an eye on the postseason. They'll play the Cardinals and the Dodgers and then wrap things up a week from today. They'll open up the series against the Cardinals coming up on Tuesday. Works out perfect. An off day tomorrow after all the celebration today. Uh, But on Tuesday, they open up the series in St. Louis as it'll be Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the crew. The right-hander 9-10 with a 2.52 ERA. Uh, 
likely to be his final start of the year. We'll see if maybe he throws something during the Dodgers series. Uh, but yeah, that if he doesn't, then he would go from uh, this Tuesday until possibly the next Friday without pitching. So we'll see how they play all that out. But nonetheless, it is going to be Woodruff on the mound for the crew. 9 and 10, 2.52 ERA. Adam Wainwright will get the start for St. Louis. The righty is 16 and 7 with a 3.05 ERA. 6.45 first pitch coming up on Tuesday night. That means coverage on WTMJ will begin at 6.10 and we'll talk to you after the game. Once again, the Brewers get the win over the Mets 8-4. They sweep the series. They are NL Central champions and we'll talk to you on Tuesday night for more Brewers Extra Innings.